All right, welcome back to another episode, uh, Talking USC Hoops on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Penrose, your host uh, for this show, talking about the Oregon trip, uh, where unfortunately SC went 0-2, and then we'll look forward to the big rivalry game against the UCLA Bruins at the Galen Center. So let's talk about Oregon. Unfortunately, SC did not play very well on this road trip, first Pac-12 road trip of the year. When we really uh, when we really get into the conference season, road trips are extremely important. What Coach Floyd used to always say is, boys can win at home, but it takes men to win on the road. And the goal is to always at least get one win, try to at least split on the road. Especially in the beginning of the season, it's really, it, it's really difficult because Teams are coming off uh, the non-conference play. It's the first time you're seeing everyone. Everything's new. On the second half of the conference season, that's when you kind of start to figure teams out a little bit and you can be a little bit more prepared. But going to Oregon State, Oregon State has been impressive so far this season. I mean, in my opinion, they're probably one of the top teams to beat in the conference. They return a lot of talent. They have a bunch of seniors. And, you know, I actually thought USC was going to have a really good shot to win this game because with their leading scorer, Trace Trinkle, the coach's son, uh, was out with an ankle injury. Unfortunately, uh, Benny Boat, well, fortunately for us, Benny Boatwright had an incredible game. Uh, unfortunately for us, no one else really stepped up. Uh, and SC lost in overtime 79 to 74. But let's talk a little bit about Benny. Benny came out. Really, really strong. Tech, I mean, he, he had a great weekend altogether. Uh, averaged, you know, I think over over 30 points in Oregon. Against Oregon State, went 14 to 24. Set a new career high with 37 points. Had eight rebounds. Uh, four or nine from the three-point line. Five or six from the free throw line. Played his butt off. And he had a shot to win the game in regulation. Was just a little bit short. I was really hoping we could have pulled that one off. Uh, and over time, it just it just wasn't going to happen. But uh, I think I think OSU was a was a real it was a big time missed opportunity for the Trojans to go three and zero in conference, win on the road, and then they would go into the Oregon game without a whole lot of pressure on their shoulders and could just go play. Not a whole lot of support uh, for Benny in this Oregon State game. Jonah Matthews played okay, 5-9 from the field, 13 points. But then other than that, Derek Thornton went 2-8 of from the field, 1-6 of from the three. Uh, Shaquan Aaron didn't really do a whole lot, uh, only gave four points. You know, everyone was really excited to have Kevin Porter Jr. back. His first game uh, since the Missouri State game back in November. And he came out, hit a three, and then made a layup, and then missed his next five shots. And then we'll get into kind of uh, what happened off the floor later. But uh, just not a whole lot from Kevin Porter, especially on the defensive end. It's one of my biggest concerns about him, and I talked about this all season long, is he just doesn't know how to play defense. He is definitely a liability, especially when SC's playing zone. Because of him, the last rotations usually give up wide open three-point shots. And he just doesn't. It looks like he's lost. And and I don't think it's his fault. 
I think he's never been coached defense growing up. And as a college coach, Coach Enfield, Coach Hart, Capco, uh, all those guys, you can only teach a kid so much, especially someone like Kevin Porter, who in his mind, he's only there for one year. So that that's something that is very concerning to me, uh, especially moving forward as he's playing. And then Elijah Weaver played 15 minutes, 0 of 2, no points. That that doesn't help at all. You need production from Elijah Weaver off the bench. A couple stats that that really kind of frustrate me a little bit. Uh, SC was out rebounded, 41 to 34. Assists, uh, 17 assists for Oregon State, only 13 for SC. And one of the big stats that Coach Floyd used to always harp on uh, would be free throws. When you make more free throws than the other team attempts, when you have less turnovers than the other team and you out-rebound them, you win that game 90% of the time. And when you look at these stats... SC was out-rebounded by seven boards. Oregon State made 16 free throws. They went 16 to 23. SC only attempted 13 free throws. So that in itself doesn't look good offensively. Uh, I think SC settled for a lot of jump shots. They weren't really taking the ball to the rim, trying to get fouled, trying to go to the line. Just... A complete missed opportunity for SC to go into Oregon State against one of the better teams in the Pac-12, missing one of their top players, and come out with a victory. And then we move to Oregon, which if you watch the game from start to finish, it was rather frustrating. SC lost that game by 21 points. They were down 30 a couple times. Just did not come out strong. I feel like did not come out mentally prepared. Obviously, there was some off-the-court stuff with Kevin Porter Jr. There's some back and forth on what actually happened. Uh, he has been suspended indefinitely. There has been no uh, no update on whether or not he is going to play against UCLA. I do appreciate the fact that Kevin Porter did put out a statement saying that he was wrong in what he did. He's going to work to try to get back on the coach's good side he is a Trojan, and he's going to finish the season a Trojan. So I do appreciate that. That does show a little bit of maturity. But from what I've heard from scouts, people in the NBA, high school coaches, other college coaches, nothing within USC. This is all outside USC. His maturity is something that's very concerning. Everyone thinks he's still going to be a top 10, at least a top 15 pick in the NBA draft in 2019, which still kind of surprising considering we haven't really seen a, a whole lot from him this season. It's just something that, that can't happen uh, if you're going to be a lottery pick to get suspended indefinitely. And whether he said some things to the coaching staff that were inappropriate or he did stuff or was somewhere where he wasn't supposed to be out at curfew or whatever it was. I'm speculating. I don't know what happened. But that kind of stuff brings up red flags, especially as you're trying to get to the next level in the NBA. People are going to spend a lot of money on you. 
they wanted to limit the amount of red flags that they're seeing with the amount of capital they're investing in these 19, 20 year old kids. Anyway, Oregon game, uh, SC just came out really flat, not a a whole lot of energy, not a whole lot of intensity. Benny did have a, another decent game. Um, you know, he went four or nine from the field. No one really shot the ball particularly well. Uh, three pointers was definitely an issue for SC. Uh, they went five of 18 under 30%. That just can't happen if you're going to go on the road. Free throws, uh, 64%, nine of 14. Oregon just took it to him. And uh, Lewis King and Paul White in the first half just completely dominated. Lewis King ended up going 8 of 13, 19 points, 8 rebounds. Paul White, 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 5 from the three point line, 19 points, 5 rebounds. Not a whole lot of turnovers for Oregon. Um, you know, one of the things that I've, I've seen a lot of people say uh, is an issue with the Pac 12 and the scheduling of the Pac 12. So SC left on Wednesday to play a Thursday game and then didn't come home until Sunday night after their Sunday night game. I mean, that's a lot of time on the road. And when the game ends Thursday night and you have all day Friday, all day Saturday, and basically an entire day on Sunday, that's a lot of time just kind of doing nothing on the road. And granted, they're watching film, they're going through walkthroughs, they'll have study hall, but I mean, I, I just remember sitting in the room playing video games the whole time. And then Gabe Pruitt, who was my roommate, he and I would get bored and we'd just go walking around because there was nothing else to do. And we at least want to go see what else is around. And it's just, it, it's tedious and it's boring. And to be honest, you can lose your focus. I mean, these are 18 to 22 year old kids we're talking about here. Uh, attention spans for us millennials, uh, they're not very long. And there's always something else they want to be doing. They'll get bored doing one thing and move on to the next. And that's just a lot of time to be on the road. I think the Pac-12 should always be Thursday, Saturday games. And Friday can be a travel day. And then and then you're back home Saturday night. That, that in my opinion, is what every road trip should be. This whole, some games, some of these teams leave on a Tuesday for a Wednesday game. And then they play a Sunday night game. And they're on the road that entire time. It's ridiculous. Larry Scott and the Pac-12 need to figure that out. They need to go back to the Thursday-Saturday games. Get these kids back to their uh, to their respective cities. Get them back in class. And, and make the season happen like that. At least that's just my opinion. So SC goes 0-2 in Oregon. Uh, not the outcome that they were hoping for. They come back, they have a full week off to prepare for the big rivalry game against UCLA. And for a lot of reasons, this could be one of the biggest games of the year, obviously, for USC. Last year, they were swept by UCLA. Uh, Both times in last year's games, SC was leading at halftime. The game at the Galen Center last year was extremely frustrating. SC was up three at halftime and then came out in the second half and just couldn't figure out, number one, how to stop Aaron Holiday who played the entire 40 minutes, scored 34 points, 11 of 16 from the field, 6 of 9 from the three-point line. And they couldn't figure out how to guard Chris Wilkes, who went for 22 points as a freshman, 9 of 16 from the field. And offensively, they were very challenged. They just couldn't 
Couldn't get the ball inside to Chemezi. No one was making outside shots. Jordan McLaughlin was having a tough time getting the ball into the offense. It just, the second half was a completely different team and it was very, very frustrating. So, Chris Wilkes is back. Obviously, thank God, no Aaron Holiday for UCLA this year. Uh, Chris Wilkes is their leading scorer. He's currently averaging 17 points a game. Uh, freshman Moses Brown for the Bruins, currently averaging 12 points and nine rebounds. He's going to be a big force in the middle. And then Jalen Hands, sophomore point guard, 11 points, seven assists, averaging this year. Those are kind of the three main guys that make this team run. Chris Wilkes, I think Jonah Matthews will most likely start out on him. Uh, either Jonah or um, uh, Shaquan Aaron. I think Jonah would be a good matchup for Chris Wilkes because I think Jonah does a pretty good job following people uh, as they're going out on screens. Moses Brown, Nick Rokosevich, that's going to be an interesting matchup. The thing that really concerned me with Nick uh, this past weekend in Oregon is he was really challenged, especially in the Oregon State game, with the length of the centers. Moses Brown's long, uh, very good at blocking shots. Nick was really offensively challenged when he was trying to go up against length. So I think if I'm SC, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get Nick going early, get Moses Brown in foul trouble. Hopefully Nick can work on some post moves, make get some easy buckets in the paint, go to the free throw line, get his confidence up a little bit. And if Nick has a good game, if Nick can get a double-double against UCLA, I guarantee SC wins this game. Jalen Hands is going to run the show from a point guard position. I'm really interested to see how Derek Thornton plays him. Uh, these guys kind of grew up in the AAU circuit together. They played against each other a lot. Uh, I think this is going to be a really, really good matchup from point guard position. UCLA is deep. They play about nine guys. SC, obviously, we've been talking about how much they've struggled with their depth so far this year. I'm hoping that uh, you know a full week off, fresh legs, scouting UCLA, you know for a full week, they'll be able to manage their bench as as well as possible. Um, you know, I would imagine that Jonah Matthews is probably going to be playing 38 to 40 minutes. I think Derek Thornton's going to be playing 38 to 40 minutes. And make no mistake about it, I mean this UCLA team is good. You look at their schedule, and the one thing I would say about Steve Alford before he got fired, he wasn't afraid of playing people. I mean, they played Michigan State, they played North Carolina, they played Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Ohio State. Like they, Their preseason schedule is very, very good. Now, they also have some really bad losses. They lost to Belmont at home. They lost to Liberty at home. Don't, don't ask me how that happened. And so they do have some bad losses, but... I mean, these guys have played against some really, really good teams, and they've hung around for a little bit. Granted, against Michigan State, North Carolina, and Cincinnati, they got blown out. And kind of against Ohio State, they got blown out. But, I mean, they've played against good teams. They've seen really good competition. So these guys have been battle-tested. It'll be interesting to see how they're doing with their interim coach. So, you know, they started off 3-0. and Everyone was getting their, their interim coach some love. And then now they're coming off uh, a loss to Oregon State. So I remember when Bibby was fired my sophomore year. Jim Sai became the interim coach. We won a bunch of games. We made it to the championship game of a tournament in Hawaii. People were kind of riding high on us. 
And then all of a sudden we lost a couple games in conference and then the wheels just completely fell off the bus. So this can go one of two ways. Either UCLA can respond and beat us. Um, and that could, I mean, they could be a top three or four team in the Pac-12. Or we smack them. They go on a little bit of a losing streak. And then the wheels come off the bus. The players go, oh, you know, this guy's going to be gone next year. We'll have a new coach coming in next year. And they just kind of throw the season away. So it'll be... It'll be kind of fun to see which UCLA team uh, this game is going to produce at the end of it. So that's it. Uh, you know, I'm really hoping SC can pull this one off, not only from a rivalry perspective, because, God, I just hate UCLA, but, I mean, for their confidence and to kind of turn, turn this around after a, a, a rough trip on the road against the Oregon schools. So I'll be there. I hope you show up. Let's get the Galen Center rocking. One o'clock game so everyone can go out to dinner and drinks afterwards. Um, downtown, there's a lot of great restaurants and stuff. So come to the game, hang out, and, uh, and let's get a victory. As usual, uh, feel free to hit me up for any questions, comments, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter handle, Instagram handle, cpenrose10. Uh, and then if you like the show, and I hope you do, please subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. This is Chris Penrose talking USC hoops on the Believe Podcast Network. Fight on, and we'll talk to you next week.